Welcome to Texas Ag Today, a daily look at the latest news in Texas agriculture. Texas Ag Today is produced by the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, with the largest farm news team in the Lone Star State. Now here's the host of Texas Ag Today, Carrie Martin. Hello, Texas. It is a holiday weekend, but of course, as you and I both know, farmers and ranchers don't necessarily take holidays at this time of year, but I do hope that you are enjoying some time with your family when you can get it on this Memorial Day weekend. Hello, everyone. I'm Kerry Martin. I'm your host here on Texas Ag Today, and I'm a part of the largest and most experienced farm news team in the Lone Star State, and we're all standing by to bring you the latest news in Texas agriculture. From the piney woods of East Texas to the rocky ranges of the Trans-Pecos and from the Panhandle down to the Rio Grande Valley. Some good news for those in the cattle and beef business. The pandemic appears to have led consumers to try a wider variety of cuts for cooking at home. I'm James Hunt and I'll have that story on Texas Ag Today. The Texas Senate unanimously passes eminent domain reform. The legislation now goes to the governor. I'm Tom Nicoletti, and I'll have that report on Texas Ag today. We finally have received an area-wide rain in the central Texas Blackland region. This is Dr. Shane McClellan, and I'll have more from Waco. We'll have those stories, plus news from Washington, Texas wildlife news, and a complete look at the markets all coming up. Texas young farmers and ranchers have a chance to be recognized for their hard work and achievements. Jessica Domel tells how. The work you do every day on your farm or ranch could win you a brand new pickup truck or UTV. Texas Farm Bureau's outstanding young farmer and rancher competitions highlight the achievements of farmers and ranchers between the ages of 18 and 35. The Young Farmer and Rancher Contest recognizes those who are actively engaged in farming or ranching. The state winner of that contest will win the title to a three-quarter ton diesel pickup truck, a $5,000 cash award, and expense-paid trips to the state and National Farm Bureau conventions. The Excellence in Agriculture contest rewards TFB members who are involved in agriculture but do not make the majority of their income through production agriculture. The winner of that contest wins a new UTV, a $5,000 cash prize, and expense-paid trips to the TFB and American Farm Bureau conventions. The deadline to apply is August 2nd. Applications are available at texasfarmbureau.org backslash YFR. I'm Jessica Domel with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The coastal bend of Texas has gotten more than its share of rain recently, but that rain has helped to make some very good crops in that area if they didn't get flooded. Colin Chopolis farms near Corpus Christi. He says his cotton crop is looking really good right now. You know, it's coming along pretty good. We're real close to bloom. I'm uh, starting to see some older cotton start to get some blooms in it, but uh, I think by next week we'll we'll have a lot of it blooming, and you know it was set back early from the cold weather, and but it's coming together, and it's it's got the moisture now that it needs, so we're it's going to carry us a long ways. Colin Choplis near Corpus Christi. 
The pandemic has caused consumers to cook more beef at home, and James Hunt tells us that has helped build closer consumer relationships. When the big economic shutdown occurred during the height of the pandemic last year, the food industry had to adapt, including the beef business. COVID absolutely threw us a big curveball when it came to just reaching consumers in the ways that we had planned. That's Rachel Chow, the Texas Beef Council's Director of Consumer Marketing. Chow says when consumers were forced into that prolonged stay-at-home experience, the fortunate thing for the Beef Council was it had already cultivated strong resources to track consumer trends and then provide consumers with information about ways beef could meet their needs. Chow says in the pandemic's early days, consumers were, as you might expect, seeking recipes for easy-to-fix meals. But then things began to change. As people were staying home longer, we saw that shift to people wanting to try some new dishes, some new foods. It gave us an opportunity to highlight additional beef cuts. And even though consumers are now enjoying getting to dine out once again, Chow says they're also signaling that the pandemic experience led them to acquire a greater interest in cooking restaurant-style meals for themselves. We had a lot of searches on our website for steaks, tomahawk steaks, smoking brisket. So all of the things that people typically would go to a restaurant for, they wanted to recreate that at home and found that it was an easy thing to do with beef. So the versatility, the flavors, all of the expansive ethnic flavors that pair well with beef. Um, this has been a really great learning for consumers about how many options they have right in their own home. Options that, as Chow indicated, now include higher value cuts. I'm James Hunt on the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The state Senate has unanimously passed eminent domain reform legislation. Tom Nicoletti goes to the state capitol for the details. We are joined by Joy Davis, Texas Farm Bureau Associate Legislative Director from Austin. Welcome back to the program, Joy. Thanks, Tom. So the Senate uh, passage uh, in the final days of the Texas legislature and the House passage uh, a couple of weeks ago of uh, eminent domain bills. So uh, now the legislation goes to Governor Greg Abbott, uh, and that's the next step. Yes, it is. There were no amendments on the Senate side, so and it was passed in the wee hours of the morning. So it is on its way to Governor Greg Abbott for his signature. We've been in communication with his office, so that's exactly what we're expecting and looking for this, this bill to go into law. Now, farmers, ranchers, landowners, and, and all residents of Texas have finally have some meaningful eminent domain reform after many uh, attempts in the legislature over the years. So what does this uh, legislation mean to uh, those folks? And you're right, Tom. This doesn't affect just farmers and ranchers. This is anyone that's going to be subject to eminent domain. We've worked six years to try to get more transparency and fairness for uh, the eminent domain process. And what this bill will do is it will um, allow there to be public comment on the landowner's bill of rights and require the landowner's bill of rights to be provided to a landowner up front in the process, right at the initial contact. It will also require there to be notification of standard easement terms that can be negotiated in the process as opposed to a landowner not knowing what they can or cannot negotiate. And then the initial offer will be greatly improved. It will have to state whether or not the offer includes damages to the remainder. It will also require these standard easement terms 
and notice of any additional easement terms that they can negotiate, and also have contact information for whoever is condemning the property, their representative. So certainly this eminent domain uh, reform ensures property owners are protected, uh, that their rights are definitely protected if uh, indeed they ever encounter an eminent domain process. Right. This doesn't completely level the playing field, but we see this as a great first step in trying to make this a more fair and transparent process. The best thing about this is that we have worked, like I said, six years in order to try to come to some sort of agreement, and we've got the oil and gas and the pipeline companies in agreement with this. We've got landowner groups in agreement with this. So I heard someone say in a hearing that everyone's upset because they didn't get what they wanted, so it must be a good deal. Okay, Joy, thank you very much. Thank you, Tom. That is Joy Davis. She is Texas Farm Bureau Associate Legislative Director from the state capitol. I'm Tom Nicoletti with the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. The Central Texas Blacklands has finally received a good rain across the entire region. Dr. Shane McClellan reports from Waco. For the first time in really about 10 months, Central Texas received a good area-wide rain where everyone received some rain. The past year, there's been a lot of missed opportunities for most of us in Central Texas. This was the first good line of storms that really stayed together and moved through the Central Texas region, and we just got a good downpour out of it. The northern limits of the Central Texas area, they received a lot of rain, so much so they probably want it to stop. Uh, around the Waco area, most of us have gotten some rain, but not everybody's gotten a good rain. There's been some that have just kind of been missed. And with this last band of showers that moved through our area, everyone that received at least an inch, if not an inch plus. The cool spell that blew in was not normal either. People that were sweating one day were reaching for a jacket the next, and that's just not normal for early May. Our corn has loved the cool weather and moisture. Now, any signs of drought stress that plants had are gone. Those corn plants are continuing to take off and grow. Same for grain sorghum. All of our planted crops are taking advantage of the recent rainfall. Cotton could use some sunny days rather than these cold overcast type days. Wheat and oats, or they're, they're done. Harvest is right around the corner. As soon as we get some dry days, producers will be uh, entering fields to start combining wheat and oats. They've been working on their combines, headers, getting everything ready. So when it does dry up, they can enter the field. Good chance of rain. Uh, in the near future in our forecast. And this spring is somewhat starting to look like the spring of 2019 when we just couldn't get in the field. It stayed wet for a a longer than normal time. There are a lot of acres in in central Texas that need to be cut for hay. Uh, It's ready. We're just waiting to get into the fields. A big portion of that is Bermuda grass with ryegrass in it. We need to cut those fields to clean them up so we can just put down fertilizer and then grow good, clean Bermuda grass hay. I am fielding phone calls still on trees not leafing out. Um, by this time, they've had enough time to recuperate, regrow, put on buds, and grow uh, new leaves. And you need to start thinking about either removing limbs that pose a threat to any type of structure, a vehicle, etc. If it's an area where kids play under, think about removing anything that could fall and uh, start watching it to deteriorate uh, just from being dead. This is Dr. Shay McClellan reporting from Central Texas Blackland Region for Texas Ag Today. Get your fishing gear ready. Red snapper season in federal waters starts soon. I'm Jessica Dolmel, and I'll have details coming up on Texas Ag Today. And is it possible for a beef cow to produce too much milk? 
Texas veterinarian Dr. Bob Judd takes a closer look at that coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. After my first car accident, I feared the biggest damage would be to my wallet. I expected a mountain of bills and a long, drawn-out process. But my Texas Farm Bureau insurance agent was there when I needed her and helped me get back on my feet and in my car in no time. Instead of a hassle, I got reassurance and a quick recovery. Visit Texas Farm Bureau Insurance today at tfbinsurance.com to find an agent who's there when you need them most. Coverage and discounts are subject to qualifications and policy terms and may vary by situation. We're keeping you informed on everything happening in Texas agriculture on Texas Ag Today. For many years now, you've been able to use milk EPDs when buying purebred cattle. But is it possible for a beef cow to produce too much milk? Dr. Bob Judd takes a look at that question. All major breed associations have adopted a breed-wide genetic evaluation called an expected progeny difference, or EPD. And there is a milk EPD that allows selection for milk production separate from other traits. Early research indicated higher milk production was associated with heavier calf weaning weights, and later work showed milk production started decreasing after the calves were two months old as calves began grazing. So after two months, increased milk production was not as important. The University of Nebraska performed a study over 19 years looking at 348 red Angus Simmental crossbred cows from 2 to 11 years of age. Calves were weighed at birth and again monthly until weaning, and milk production of the cattle was estimated using a weigh, suckle, and weigh procedure. Cows were weighed and their body condition score, or BCS, was estimated. Results indicated milk production increased as the cows aged, and their weights increased, while other research has shown that after three calves, milk production leveled off and started decreasing after eight years of age. Higher milk production was also associated with a lower cow body condition score and level of milk production and did not affect pregnancy rate, while some studies have shown a decrease in pregnancy rate with higher milk producing cows. Higher milk producing cows did have heavier calves at weaning. So it appears greater cow weight will increase milk production, assuming you have the nutrients to support increasing the weight of the cows. If enough nutrients are not available, the higher milk producing cows will lose weight. I'm Dr. Bob Judd. This is the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. Red snapper season in federal waters starts soon. Jessica Domel has the details in today's wildlife report. Private recreational anglers can begin fishing for red snapper in federal waters off the Texas coast starting Tuesday. According to the Texas Parks and Wildlife Department, there have been no changes to bag or size limits this year. The bag limit is two fish per person per day with a 16-inch minimum in federal waters. In state waters, where red snapper season is open year-round, the bag limit is four fish per person per day with a 15-inch minimum. Red snappers caught in federal waters do count as part of the in-state bag limit, so be mindful of how many red snapper you have with you this season. The ending of red snapper season in federal waters has not yet been announced. TPWD says it will announce that at a later date. 
As part of an agreement with the National Marine Fisheries Service, TPWD can establish the opening and closing dates of red snapper season in federal waters off the Texas coast for private recreational anglers fishing from their own vessels. TPWD must close the fishery when the state's allotted poundage of red snapper is met, per the agreement with NMFS. The department is expected to announce the closure on its social media pages and websites. Last year's season lasted about 60 days. Anglers are encouraged to report their red snapper catches on the iSnapper app to help officials better track catches. As for the federally permitted for-hire sector, which allows recreational anglers to fish from charter or headboats, that season remains under the jurisdiction of the federal government. Again, federal red snapper season for private anglers fishing from their own vessels starts Tuesday. For the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network, I'm Jessica Domel. We saw red ink across the board on Friday. Lower closes for livestock, cotton, and grains. We'll take a closer look at all of those markets coming up next. Keep it right here on Texas Ag Today. know what to do if you're stuck on the railroad crossing? Get out of your vehicle. If a train is not approaching, find the blue and white emergency notification system sign on the traffic signs at the crossing. For help, call the number on the sign and give them the crossing number so they know your location and can alert train traffic. Remember, find the blue and white to save your life. For more information, visit OLI.org. We're giving you the market information you need on Texas Ag Today. We saw lower prices for the cattle, cotton, and grain markets on Friday heading into the Memorial Day holiday. Of course, no trade on Monday for Memorial Day, but here's a look back at how things wrapped up on Friday. We finished the last trading day of May in negative territory in the cattle complex. June live cattle down 47 cents, 115.87. The August down 82 at 118.60. October live cattle down 47, 123.70. Feeder cattle futures lower August down a dollar fifty one fifty one thirty five September feeders down a dollar thirty one fifty three fifty two the October down a dollar twenty two at one fifty five oh two we wrapped up the cash fed cattle trade on Friday with a very light sales week not very many cattle sold the price range was very wide also anywhere from a dollar higher to three dollars lower cattle sold in a range of 116 to 120 boxed beef prices mixed on friday choice up six cents at 330.04 select down two dollars 30210 now let's check the auction barns we're walking the pens with larry marble Wayne Geiswine had a humdinger of a sale in Fredericksburg on Wednesday. Wayne, talk to us about price and quality. How many noses did you end up counting? Well, the last sale today ended up uh, 826 head. Uh, cow market was sure steady and strong. So, you know, the better cows should bring 65 to 70, 75, especially real fat cows, you know, in the mid-60s. And then, of course, thin cows quite a bit back from there. Uh, Looks like the cow market quoted it basically 2 to $4 hour on steers and the heifers. 
saw some, especially Larry, we saw a big jump in a lot of weight cattle today. Uh, so quite a few good full weight calves, you know, not yearning type, but calves uh, kind of 175 to 187, uh, five weights up to 171 or two, six weights into the 160s, seven weights up to 145, which was a great big jump from what we've been seeing. Uh, the heifers, uh, lots of the 450 to 550-pound heifers bring you know, 145 to 155. A few lighter weight heifers bringing in the 60s. Of course, the big dip, or not dip, but the thing that wasn't so quite as high was some of these fleshy six-weight heifers, uh, 115 to 120. Uh, a few might bring a little bit more, but then a yearling heifer would bring quite a bit more. I thought we had a really good sale and is active in all all aspects of the sale today. Had a few extra buyers, and um, they sure helped a good market good do you know of anything for next week well yeah uh it's a week after a holiday i'm sure we'll have a pretty good run next week uh i know we've got uh probably close to two loads of calves coming off of a couple of places we've got a pretty good start so we should have a good run next week tell everybody how to get a hold of you wayne gosh white we're at 830-997-4394 thank you wayne Texas farming and ranching neighbors, you've been listening to Walk in the Pens, a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network. I'm your host, Larry Marble. Good day to you. Thanks, Larry. Back over to the futures market where the grain markets gave back some of the big gains we had on Thursday. We ended up closing lower in both wheat and corn. We'll start with the corn market where July was down seven and three quarters, six fifty six and three quarters. September corn down twelve and a quarter. 573 and a quarter. Both hard and soft wheat giving up some of Thursday's gains on Friday. July Kansas City wheat down 13 cents, 613 and a quarter. July Chicago wheat down 12 and three quarters, 663 and a half. In the energy markets, July natural gas up three cents, 298. July crude oil down 37, 6648 a barrel. In the financial markets, we were higher on Friday. The Dow up 112 points, 34,576. The Nasdaq up 43, 13,779. The S&P up 11, 4,212. That wraps up our markets, and that wraps up this edition of Texas Ag Today. Don't forget, we'll be right back here next time to bring you all of the latest news in Texas agriculture. I'm Kerry Martin. Hope to see you then right here on Texas Ag Today. Thanks for listening to Texas Ag Today. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify. For more Texas Ag news and information, check out our website at texasfarmbureau.org or tfbradio.com. Texas Ag Today is a production of the Texas Farm Bureau Radio Network.